Welcome to ADHD is Over, a new podcast on a seemingly old label that we're going to be peeling off. Join my wife, Tatiana, and I as we journey with our family, the Wyden family, through the land of confusing information. We're going to visit both sides and let you decide because the power is with you. Welcome to ADHD is Over. Welcome back to our podcast on ADHD. It is a new day. It is a new time. It is a new moment. And we're going to talk about new approaches, new points of views, new ideas, new thoughts. Because if we don't shake things up, if we don't throw it up in the air, let it land differently and look at it from perhaps a new point of view, we are stuck in the old. Now, don't get me wrong. And you hear me say this all the time. If the old you are stuck in works for you and you are fulfilled and happy in life and you have to be honest with yourself because no one else would know what's true for you. No one will know that. So if you can be honest with you that you're stuck in the old ways and you are so happy as a clam, healthy, happy, fun, loving, people like being around you, your kids love you, the family's working, you love your job. If all those things are happening for you, I think you're stuck in the right place and you can stay there. Why would you not? But if we're not fulfilled in life and by fulfilled, I don't mean every second of, of our lives. I mean, I'm not fulfilled and happy every moment of life. I have my ups and downs. I have my challenges, right? But I can truly say I'm living a fulfilled life because my family's happy. My marriage is working. I'm following my passion. We are financially abundant. And yes, there's ups and downs, but that's part of life. We live in a place we love. I love my friends. I have an amazing extended family. So I'm fulfilled. And as far as success goes, I'm successful in my own book. My own definition of success is I have attained what ultimately I wanted, which is happiness. Not money, materialistic things. Yes, I have those as well. But in my book, it's happiness. And whenever I'm not happy, I throw things up in the air. I let them land differently. They always land differently. The moment you throw them up in the air again and again and again, it's always different. Like those Mikado sticks, right? Then I shift my point of view. Oh, you know what? I've looked at this issue from this angle before. Let me step on the other side and look from there, right? So every single podcast that we're doing on ADHD is not your typical podcast. If you're expecting to come here and get the typical advice from the typical experts and the typical psychiatrists or psychologists, or the typical parent who's done it the way that those psychologists told them to do, this is not the podcast for you. And that's totally fine. There is no finger pointing. There's no better than, worse than. There's no, I have the right idea. You have the wrong idea. None of that. Like I said, if you are fulfilled in life, you have found your way. This podcast is committed or is intended for parents who say, you know, I've looked at this issue five different ways and I'm still not quite happy how we're dealing with it. Is there potentially another way I could be looking at this? Have I missed something? And not to say I have everything, I have all the answers or I have the thing you're looking for. I'm just one guy 
with a wife and a family, together with my wife, Tatiana, we decided to make a podcast that would give people one more point of view. And it's an alternative point of view because the traditional point of view on ADHD is very loud and it's out there and it's everywhere. Just YouTube ADHD and you see what I mean. The not so traditional, the more alternative uh, point of view on ADHD, you have to kind of dig a little bit deeper in YouTube and Google. You have to kind of go look for it, right? And it's usually sort of laughed at as in like, well, yeah, we did the natural thing for a couple of weeks and that didn't work. And then we did medication and oh, good. Now everything's working. Or, well, we did this therapy and it worked for a while, but now, you know, we're doing this. So where we started eating organic food and, you know, take out food colors and it worked for a while, but now it doesn't. So this is a podcast that actually I want to use to go much, 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 much deeper than that. So if you're here and you're excited and you're interested, whether you've heard a previous episode or not, come deep dive with us. If you have an open mind, we guarantee you, you will walk away with something. That's our commitment. That is my commitment today, since it's just me. And I decided to do an episode called, It's Not a Disorder. And that is a huge statement, a heavy statement. And I know it'll get a lot of pushback. And I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a doctor. So whatever I say is not medical advice. Please always remember that. I'm a father. I'm a creative I'm a filmmaker, a podcast host, an entrepreneur, a husband, a man. I love soccer. I have my own definition of who I am. And I'm here as that person sharing my experience and my thoughts. Here we go. Why is it not a disorder? Well, what is a disorder? It's something that's out of order. A disorder. Well, before there was order, in order for later to be disorder, right? If you don't have order, you can't have disorder. Where does order come from? Well, we would have to define what that looks like, right? So if you go into a classroom, uh, into a, a daycare, and you see wooden blocks all over the ground, you know there's a disorder because there's probably some kind of a rule. Uh, it's almost unspoken if, as a parent, you walk into a daycare and you see toys all over the floor, right, at the end of the day. Because the unspoken rule of order is that when you're done playing with these blocks, you put them away, you stack them away. There's probably a box that they neatly fit into. Now there's order, right? Disorder would be just letting those blocks lay around and be like, I don't care. And so we are committed as parents, as a society, as teachers, as families to have, you know, some level of order. Some houses have more order and more neatness to them than others, right? That's a whole different story. Then there's OCD, another disorder, the disorder of, of disorders, right? Um, I'll get into that a little bit later because it has a, a point. But what we did is we created these orders and these rules so that we can recognize when it's out of order. And a disorder is just something that's out of order. Now, how can we take a brain and define clear order? Because, for example, if you have a box with wooden blocks, you could take a photo of that from all angles and say, you know, could pin them up and say, this is what it looks like when, when, when they're neatly put away and this is what we would like. Then everybody would look at it and go, okay, now I know what to do. Now, with the brain, it gets more complicated because you would have to take a snapshot of the brain, right? You would have to uh, 
uh, do a scan of a brain. And I had that done myself, by the way, because I wanted to know, do I have ADHD? I'm almost, I'm 50 now, but when I did, it was 49. And I wanted to know, was it genetic? And we talk about that in another episode to say, it is genetic, but it's not genetic. Um, And that is because I wanted to know, did I have something to do with it? Not to blame myself, but just, you know, for research, for the project. So I had snapshots taken of my brain. And I remember the technician telling me, depending on my emotion, depending on even the weather, the noise level in the room, depending on what I ate, right? Did I have caffeine? Did I have salt? Uh, Depending on nutrition, depending on the mood I was in that day, all these things would affect that scan. Now, I hope you're already getting my drift when I say it's a little harder to create snapshots or pictures of a brain, one brain, to put up on the wall and say, when it doesn't look like this, it's out of order. Now, we're just talking about one brain. Now, think of millions of brains compared to each other and us then saying, these millions of brains compared to other millions of brains are out of order, disorder. They're disordered, right? So I hope you can see something here. I'm playing with words that it's not a disorder to have ADHD. And I could go in deeper, but it's another episode. No one has ADHD. ADHD was made up. It's a word. It's a label. It was made up. We created it. And I encourage you to listen to one of the earlier episodes. It's all made up as well as God makes mistakes in order for me to, you know, for you to really get what I was trying to illustrate. It's all made up and it's a play of words. It's a label, a word, four letters that we've decided to use to describe or diagnose a a cluster of symptoms. And those can be hyperactive, impulsive, right? can't focus, and so forth. These are the symptoms. And then you have the label. So A, it's not a disorder per se, although we do say it is, so it's, that's created as well. It's not ADHD, the thing. That's just a name to describe a bunch of symptoms. And then there's names for the symptoms, right? Impulsiveness, hyperactivity, or restlessness, right? Then... The question is, what causes that? And this podcast, as well as our film, ADHD is Over, our documentary, is a project that we decided to do to go on a quest and find out. Like, we know the symptoms. We know the label. We know what we're doing out there to, you know, slap Band-Aids on kids to see if we can sort of keep them straight and to their adult ears and hope they have a good life, right? We know that process definitely not something that's fulfilling and balanced, but what is causing it? And it's not like we're trying to say, here's the one cause and then let's fix that. And it's all going to disappear. I don't think it's one thing, but what we're starting to discover is that it's all pointing in the same direction. It's many things, but they're coming from the same corner of life. And Again, when we say it's not a disorder, it's because we want to dig deeper. We want to say, okay, just for a minute, go with this, right? Just for a minute, see it 
as for what it is. It's not a disorder. It's a human being in front of us that seems to not act like the normal child, even though there's no normal. And there's going to be another episode called There's No Normal Brain because there isn't. Um, If you find one, please let me know. I would love to meet that person or that brain. It's considered the normal one that we're all measuring it up against, right? Um, So, you know, let's consider for a moment that we just say this child is not normal. It's different. He's different. Unique. You know, not as easy to manage as the normal child. But, you know, he's who he is or she's who she is. So let's go with that. So it's not a disorder. They're just different. And then let's go with there is no ADHD per se as a thing because it's a made up word. So you can't have a word as a disorder, can't have a thing. So you just have symptoms, ways that you show up as a human being. So others go, ha, look at that. That's one of those symptoms that we've been told then creates this label ADHD if it's clustered up with a few more of them. I think it's like, you know, four out of five, you got it. Or it's one of those, if you have the majority of them, you're considered ADHD and you know, there's different tests, but you get the idea. So go with me, pretend it's all made up just for a second. See what happens. It won't hurt you. If you're still here and you're saying you you just, this is bullshit. You have no idea who the fuck are you? You're quite, then this is not the right podcast. Please stop wasting your time. And I mean it, your time is valuable. Go spend the time with your ADHD child. Um, they're going to, you know, they're going to appreciate it. Um, I take time away from my children, especially from my son Kai to do this because I want to make a difference. I'm driven to do this. There's no incentive right now other than for me to speak my mind and for me to share my findings. So, but if you're ready to go deeper, let's go deeper. So if it's not a disorder and it's just a label, what's underneath it all? What's the cause? Well, why would human beings such as little infants, even three years old nowadays, we, we um, diagnose and medicate toddlers, right? So from three years on, you know, what causes a child to act not normal or different such that we can point it out? Well, I will tell you from our findings, and we've spoken to over two dozens of experts, psychologists, authors on ADHD, um, what we're finding is in the, le- like, there's the loud narrative out there, right, that goes by the books. And then there's the more quiet narrative that's getting louder, and hopefully this project will uh, raise the volume on that narrative. There's the narrative that's less loud, but it's starting to make more sense to me. Because when children are stressed, when they get stressed out, and I'm purposefully not saying trauma because we get all bent out of shape when we hear the word trauma. We don't have trauma. Trauma is too intense and nothing happened to my child and da 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 da. But what I'm getting at is stressful situations have a human being react with a stress response system. The prefrontal uh, cortex of the brain, the stress response system that reacts to stress and trauma is the same part of the brain that gets used or that is used during development and education for learning. So now if you think about that, if a child is stressed or traumatized such that they feel the need to survive, and let's assume they don't die after this stress or traumatic event, their stress response system has been triggered. It's kind of like when 
when you buy something that's new and then you use it for the first time, it's never going to be new again in the box. You know, you've used it. It's broken in. So their stress response system is now broken in. And what happens in that moment when a little child encounters stress or trauma enough for that particular human being, remember, we're all unique, for that particular human being to respond with a defense system. We all have this stress response system, which is kind of our defense system. The wall comes up and not only come the wall comes up in that moment, we actually put a tiny little red flag into our memory. So the next time when that will happen again, we know how to react. We are protected. So little by little, this young man or young woman's or boy, girl, their horizon opens up their brain and, you know, their eyes take in the information or the ears and, you know, uh, the five senses, but their brain, the capacity to take in more information starts to widen and, 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 and intensify. So you, so they can suddenly take in more information because they want to take in more information so they can analyze it. So they feel safe. That's the stress response system. Now, like I said, it's the same part of the brain that's used to learn and develop. Now, when you're sitting at school at six years old and you're told to memorize something or to learn math, if you've had a certain amount of stress or trauma in your life and it's enough for you, you know, as a child, not to have had the support uh, to, to process it or heal it, then you will be preoccupied with that stress and those thoughts, instead of wanting to learn about the countries in the world or the math or the whatever you learn at six years old, then the teacher will say, wow, that child's not paying attention. They're looking outside the window. They must have ADHD. They're not present. They seem restless. And when we get into hyperactivity and restlessness, this is really a result of trauma and stress that's stored in the body that hasn't been healed. So the body needs to move in order to find this sort of release or feel okay about it in the moment, right? Which is why often when you see kids that get stressed out, they start to kind of, you know, hyperventilate. And then we go, oh, that's anxiety. And they have anxiety. And, you know, there's always a label for everything. And that's fine, right? That's what we do in, in science and medicine. But back to the point. So... What we're finding is that there is a large spectrum of stresses and traumas, and they can be so little. It could be enough for a child to have had a rough C-section, you know, for that to be a trauma, for them to feel unsafe as they were ripped out of the belly of the mother and something else might have happened, something medical, and they had to be moved around and everybody around them is stressed out, right? Babies pick up the, the stress and the emotions from the people around them. Everyone's worried. Oh my God, is this baby going to die? All this stuff can stress out a baby so much that when they come to, to a certain age, we start to see how they are in the world and they don't feel safe and they're anxious and they're scared and they look around and sometimes they're restless and hyperactive and they got to keep moving. They got to climb a tree, right? And so what we do the first thing we do is we say, oh, these are the symptoms I've heard about called ADHD. So let's get them tested, which is what happened with our son at six years old, seven years old. And 
yeah, you test a child, you get a result and they go, oh yeah, he has ADHD. Okay. What do we do? Well, usually um, you do some therapy, but what's most effective is medication. According to Dr. Russell Barkley, one of the top experts uh, in ADHD, and he doesn't make it a secret that he gets paid from most pharmaceutical companies um, to speak in their behalf, right? He does not make that a secret. He's an authentic man that way. I respect that. But he's someone who says the most effective uh, we've seen is medication. Everything else, good luck. So what does a parent do? Well, we want our kids to turn out in life. We want them to be happy and successful. We want them to make money so that we know when we die, they will be fine, right? It's a very valid concern, but it's also a valid fear. And at the same time, it's also very selfish because what we're not doing is allowing our child to be unique and to unfold in their own way. We're not guiding them at that point. We're parenting them. And what I mean by that is we're listening to outside sources who really don't know our children that well. You know, I spent seven years with my son before someone else said, like, here is what's wrong with him. They said there's um, ADHD, autism, dyslexia, tic disorder. And I was like, are we talking about the same child? Because that's not my son, right? So I knew I knew my son better. It's my son. I spent seven years with him almost every day. So if you're listening here and you're on the fence or your son or daughter just got diagnosed, all I'm saying is trust yourself as a parent, you know, your child, your child is not a problem. Your child is not broken. Your child right now is just simply acting differently than what society has defined as a normal child. But there's a, there's no normal child by the way, but that's what we say. So before anyone makes any harsh decisions to medicate or to label a child ADHD or to get, um, you know, a special ed, um, before that, before we say what's wrong with my child, we should ask what happened to my child. And probably about 95% of the time of the, by now hundreds of people that my wife and I have talked to or heard from in the last, over the last two years, while working on this project, 95% of the time, parents will say, well, I mean, we were divorced, uh, you know, when she was four or, well, yeah, my husband was an alcoholic and he was always loud and we fought and, or somebody will say, yeah, we had a rough birth. And then, you know, this happened, there's always one or two incidences. And um, in the 90s, they called them adverse childhood experiences, ACE. The CDC and Kaiser Permanente did a study, and they found that um, children with, uh, uh, I think it was like two or, two or more ACEs would later uh, most likely uh, get diagnosed with a mental disorder and, and most of the time with ADHD. So you can see here how the CDC and Kaiser Permanente did a study in the 90s that clearly said when there is a lot of trauma and stress in a child's life, that will turn into a mental disorder later. So now I had to ask myself, well, hold up a minute here. If that's proven with a giant, it's a large study, you can look it up on the CDC website, just put in CDC and ACE, A-C-E study. A lot of parents don't know about that. It's out there, but it's buried underneath medication and, you know, all the other so-called traditional treatment links or studies or articles, but it's a reality. 
a large study was done. And what I'm just not getting here is if we say that it's a disorder, truly like a child is born with a disorder, that brain is disordered. And when we say that, by the way, we mean broken. We mean it's not like the normal child and they're probably not going to have a very fulfilling future. So, oops, I have a slightly broken child. That's how I see it when somebody labels a child with ADHD and gives them medication because they believe that's the only way to quote unquote fix it or, you know, correct it or uh, keep it, keep the child successful like a... Um, Russell Barkley usually calls it a prosthetic, like a crutches, right? So if we believe that, then we're truly buying into the disorder. And we're saying a child was born disordered. Now, here's the thing. If a study proved, a large study, scientific study, top experts, CDC and Kaiser Permanente proved that children with two or, I think it was two plus, two or more ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, will later, I was like 70 something percent more likely to um, have mental disorders such as ADHD. If that's the case, then how come we're still saying that, nope, it's a disorder, genetic, passed down people, you know, it's just how they're born. So that's what I wanted to question. And not as in like, I have the answer or that's the proof. But we got to dig deeper. We got to look further because we owe it to our children. Our children look up to us. We are their guides, their role models. And if we raise them to believe that there are certain things about them that are not working, that are broken, that are disordered, and the only thing that can really get them there, keep them uh, from failing in life is medication, then we are raising children who will later potentially self-medicate. And there are now studies that actually lots of children who were on ADHD medication, once they moved out of the, their parents' house, once they were adults, later stopped taking their meds and they looked for other, quote-unquote, medication to function. And what's next could be anything from marijuana, mushrooms, LSD, crack, heroin, you name it. It's all, or, or alcohol. There's a self-medicating going on. Why? Because these are now human beings that we've raised to believe that without that pill, that man-made pill, they will never be successful. They cannot be confident. They cannot be who they truly are. I hear, I hear this all the time from... Um, you know, these sort of self-proclaimed experts uh, uh, like Jessica McGabby. I'm hope, I hope I pronounced this uh, right. And she's a wonderful woman and she's doing really well out there educating people on ADHD. The only problem I have with someone like that is that they even admitted, she admitted on camera that she cannot not take her medication. And the reason why is because, well, then she can't function and she can't be functional in life. She can't be successful she just needs to do it, right? And for me, that is such a profound statement that a human being can say, without those drugs, I really can't be who I am. I really can't function. And I would invite someone like that, or if you're someone who believes in what, what she preaches, to really look deeper and really say, wait a minute, do I want to raise my daughter to always be dependent on medication? Because trust me, 
and you will see this in our documentary. There are plenty of families out there with children who had what was considered ADHD, who got diagnosed, who turned their backs on medication and who found their own way, like we're doing with our son, whose children have turned out, quote unquote. If that's your concern, look for families, look for case studies who've turned their back on medication and whose children have turned out. There's hundreds and thousands of them. I've only spoken to maybe 12 families, but that's only because I've maybe reached out to 20, you know, wait till I speak to a hundred, it'll be 50, who knows? But there are so many families out there that have walked before you or us that prove that we don't need to raise our children dependent on a substance. And by the way, it's a, it's a um, schedule two along with cocaine uh, and meth and other drugs that we have Adderall and Ritalin in there, right? It's a schedule two drug. It's, it's powerful. Um, of course it's given in doses that supposedly are good for kids. Although I've seen kids have seizures, kids have died, kids have massive side effects. There's kids on five medications. It is insanity. Now this is not an anti-pharma podcast at all. Pharma has its place for me, but pharma for me is last resort, absolute last resort. Because a dependency on something like this is not good for a child's confidence. And if we're going to raise insecure and kids who are not confident in this world, we're creating a future that's unstable, that's uncertain, that's wobbly, indecisive. And that's not what I want to create. So what I want to leave you with today, when I say it is not a disorder, Look at your children as whole, complete, and perfect. Don't ask, what's wrong with my son or daughter? But rather ask, what happened to my son or daughter? Without blaming you, the parent. We are doing the best job we can. But your birth went the way your birth went. The trauma your parents handed down to you is the trauma your parents handed down to you. The parenting you've learned from them is the parenting you've learned from them. The uh, perhaps divorce is the divorce you went through. The alcoholic husband is the alcoholic husband you had or have, right? We all have stress and trauma in our lives. And some stresses can be very small, super small, but enough for a child to get to have their stress response system triggered. And so please, if we just ask what might have happened to them, and how can we together as a family heal that? And how can I guide my child along in his life or her life and find the right school for them? Don't shove them into the right school we think is right for them because it's academic and it's a great school and it feeds to the next great school. But what is the right environment of learning for my child? Where does my child thrive? What are my child's real interests other than the stuff that we're force feeding them in public education and traditional education? And what is my child eating and how is his exercise and how is our marriage? Are my husband and I, or my wife and I doing well? Are we loving? Do we argue in front of our children? Do we spread uncertainty and fear, anger? And how is our, you know, parents parenting? How is my relationship with my parents, the grandparents of the children, right? All of that needs to be analyzed. And that's what 
our family's doing with this documentary project, ADHD's Over, to look at everything, to turn over, to flip over every rock and stone to see what can make a difference, what can improve our lives as a family. And whenever we get complacent and lazy and we go for the Band-Aid and the quick fix, my wife and I stop ourselves and we say, you know what, we got to do better than that. We cannot use the word we can't or we can't afford it or this is not something we can do or that's not realistic. That is complacent and lazy. Again, not to blame. We all like to be comfortable, complacent, lazy sometimes. That's fine. But these are our children and we owe it to them to keep flipping over the rocks. And that's what this podcast is about. And I hope you enjoyed this episode called This Is Not A Disorder. It is not a disorder. You can choose whether it is or not. It is not a disorder in this family. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing day. Until next time.